welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast Sydney Rabbitohs preseason preview for 2024. It's a mouthful. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and tonight I'm joined by Nick Lord, our stats guru and fantasy nugget. How are you going, Nick? What it do, baby? Going good, mate. Going going pretty good. Pretty excited for uh, 2024. Should be a good one. Um, do you think your boys will be able to fall paint, mate? Ooh, it's it's going to be closer this year, I think, than previous. But look, we're certainly in with a good chance this year. So I don't think that we'll be dropping out of the eight. And if you're in the eight, you're in with a shot, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I think you're a bit of a, a, a pessimist on that. I think, uh, I think you'll probably tail up the competition again. But uh, what are we thinking of the bunnies this year, mate? Well, look, I think the bunnies were underachievers last year. I think that they, look, it's been well documented. They started very strong. Uh, led the comp round 11, beat the Panthers in a tight game. Latrell really showed up for that one. He and Steve Crichton basically scored every single point in the team between them, but then they really fell away. People got tired, Latrell got injured, and the wheels came off. So I think this year they've really put all their eggs in one basket. But look, let's have a look at the squad for this year, hey? Uh, so cracking. Awesome. All right, well, look, at fullback, we've got Latrell Mitchell on the wings, Alex Johnson and Tyrone Munro. At centres, we've got Campbell Green, and due to the suspension of Jack White, and we have Isaiah Tass. Halves, Cody Walker and Lachlan Elias, Tavita Tavola, and Sean Kepi is rumoured to be the other starting Ooh. prop. Damien Cook at hooker on the edges. Uh, I'm hearing that uh, we'll see Klomotangi joined by Jai Arrow on an edge, at least for part of the game. And then Cam Murray at 13. And the bench look a little bit up in the air, but at the moment, uh, Satili Avili, Tom Burgess, Talis Duncan, and Jacob Host. But there are a few players who could fill in for Jacob Host especially. So how about you talk us through the gains and losses, mate? Mate, uh, big gain, Jack Whiten from the Raiders. Uh, as you said, expected to slot into that left center role. And the other one, as you mentioned, Sean Kepi. They've... Um, I don't think the Seagulls necessarily wanted him, which is a shame. He's a big man. Uh, had the pleasure of meeting him once, and I think he's a ripper of a player, so I think there's some couple of big gains there. For losses, Stu, Hamay Sally's off to the Dragons, uh, where I think he came up through the juniors. Blake Taff's off to the Bulldogs. Jed Cartwright's up the M1 to the Knights. And Terrell Carlo Carlo, mate, I have no idea who he is, um, but he is unfortunately without a contract at the moment. So um, what are your thoughts on the Jack White inside, mate? Look, I think it's one of those ones where they've gone all in. I feel like the last few years they've sort of been hemorrhaging through the middle. Uh, as far as like talent and some players getting a bit older, a bit more injured, but they've really gone all in on the attack this year. Jack Whiten's a T1 talent. It just determines whether hopefully they've got the go forward and the play management to mean that these guys in the back line get a chance to shine. Because it's certainly that back line, if you've got Latrell at the back, Alex Johnson and Tyrone Munro, who's an absolute speedster on the wings. And then you've got Jack White and Campbell Graham, right? Two uh, New South Wales quality rep centers. Uh, I think, well, Campbell Graham, two, two international centers, right? It's a pretty good backline. Yeah, it just makes you think they're going to keep going with that uh, style of play, sort of shifting towards the edges, get the ball in Latrell's hands, and um, not necessarily the you know power game that won them the premiership, right? 
That's it. So, and the one that got them close in 21, sort of uh, straight through the middle. So, but look, we'll see. We'll certainly see. So, look, let's have a look at the injuries and suspensions. And the only one of note here is uh, Jack Whiten, who's suspended until around three, it looks like, as he will have the Indigenous All-Stars game counted against his suspension. Mate, I was thinking about that again. Tyson Gamble definitely put his forearm in Jack Whiten's mouth, like definitely. Oh, for sure. But, um, you know, to bite down, right, you've got to be the one to actually bite. So. Nah, I'm not. I'm I'm backing. I'm backing Jack on this one, and not Tyson Gamble. (laughs) Oh, look, I don't like Tyson Gamble. I think if the if you're still allowed to throw punches in the game, uh, Tyson Gamble would be running a lot of the game away from other players. (laughs) The fact that some of these guys just get to lip off at anyone who takes their fancy these days is just an absolute shame. Essentially, he's definitely got the gift of the gab, doesn't he? Oh, he's got the gift of wanting to be smacked in the face. Yeah. The look of wanting to be smacked in the face too. Uh, yeah, mate. But look, we'll talk about him more when it comes to the Knights podcast a bit later on. So let's have a look here uh, for the strength of schedule, mate. How about you take us through that? Well, uh, the buyers for the Rabbitohs round seven, uh, round 13, which is one of the major buy rounds, the first one, and round 17, which is the second minor buy round. So in, teams, in terms of teams they have twice, they've got the Broncos, Eels, Panthers, Roosters, Seagulls, Sharks, Storm, and the Tigers. So overall, Stu, they actually have the second hardest schedule according to the numbers that I've run, which is pretty brutal. Um, now, I've broken this season up into three parts, sort of rounds 1 to 12, the pre-origin. So for that period, they're the fourth hardest. For the origin period, rounds 13 and 20, I think they got the fifth easiest. And then um, the run home, rounds 21 to 27. I've got them pegged sort of middling, uh, seventh hardest at the moment. So uh, really, the beginning and the end is sort of the toughest part, and then they get a soft origin period. Sort of is the way to look at it. Nice. So really nasty, so really nasty run. Um, starting the first three games because they're all away. So first one's the Seagulls in in Vegas, and then Broncos away, and then the Roosters away. So it doesn't get much easier with three home games after that against the Bulldogs. So I mean that's not going to be a tough game. But then they got the Warriors and the Sharks. Then they head into their first bye. So. Um, I'm not sure how many wins they're going to pick up over the first six games, maybe two or three, Stu, um, heading into their bye. Now, unfortunately, they get the Broncos in round 15 um, because they'll be full strength and in between the origin games. So that's not, not one of the major or minor bye rounds. But um, fortunately for them, mate, they get the Seagulls around 16. Now, they're projected to not have, you know, Turbo, Jerbo, and Chazza. So that's a good win in terms of the schedule. Um you know, overall, like big picture, it's not really ideal. You really want players to play the first major buy round. Um, and that sort of makes their guns fairly unpalatable, in my opinion. Uh, that's so, it. Unless you were picking up the guys you knew you were going to have to sell through Origin anyway. So that's that's the time where you, it becomes acceptable, right? Well, I, I, I just wouldn't be picking up their guns in that sense. You'd be picking up someone who's going to increase in value that you're happy to flick on once they sort of a cow that reaches you know the value that you want them to. Um, but I wouldn't just be picking up their guns because they're just rotating guns around, right? Because they got around seven buys. So I, I'm just not a big fan of picking up their guns uh, round one. Um, and sort of beware picking up round 18. It's the last five, mate. They're pretty brutal. You've got the Storm uh, round 23. The Tigers round 24, which isn't too bad, obviously. It's pretty easy. Uh, the Knights, though, round 25. The Panthers in their you know penultimate 
uh, regular season game where they usually play full strength. And that's way out of Penrith in round 26. And the final game, mate, the Roosters round 27. Now, the Roosters, uh, just off the top of my head, the last two or three years, they've sort of been hovering towards the bottom of the eight. So um, I think they'll be really tough and really competitive, uh, don't you think? For sure. Well, look, the game this year was basically a finals game because it was you get into the finals if you won it, right? We're around 27. So it means that, it look, for head-to-head players who play around 27, uh, for the chaos mode guys out there, and also for the overall guys, it does mean if you do own the guys who do well in tough games, they will likely play a full-strength squad around 27. So that's at least a little bit good, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't think the... um. I don't really have the the bunnies projected top four, so I think they'll sort of be in that five to eight range. So I think they'll sort of have to play most of their players around twenty seven, to be honest. Um, yeah. So so and I'm be, just be fighting for a home game. Yeah. So guys like um, look, we've obviously got plenty of time to see how Latrell does in the tougher games. But guys like Cam Murray, uh, maybe even Kalamatangi if he returns to form, uh, yep. they're guys that you could potentially own for that run home for sure. They, they rack up base yep. stats. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, look, how about we kick into the players? So let's look talk about one of these guns. So Latrell Mitchell, uh, you're correct there. He's 747K, 54 break-even. He is a bit of a miss for me, a uh, bit of a bust, simply due to the fact that he misses rounds 7, 13, 16, 17, 19, and maybe 20, because oh, I can't yeah. see a scenario where if he's fit and in form, right, in other words, when you would want to own him, and he doesn't make origin, yeah? Yeah, I totally agree. Yep, yep. Uh, so he's a miss for... Not only your overall players, but even head to head, he he's on the sideline too much, right? Just due to um, buys and origin. Yeah, look. Uh, so out of the regular season that he goes for, he'll uh, for uh, draft players or sort of head to head players. Uh, he misses around seven, seven, seventeen, uh, and maybe twenty. So only three rounds isn't too bad, but true. The um. So head-to-head players, you can probably have a bit of a better run at Latrell. But for me, he's one where, especially for overall players, I'd miss. Uh, however, he should have an up year and be a top three fullback and a final team target. So really, we want to watch him, even if we don't own him during these tough games earlier in the season. And that'll allow us to know, do we want to pick him up post-Origin? Because if he he does decide to show up, he's got the talent to do it. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree. Easy. Look, next guy, I've got Tyrone Munro. So 350k, 25 break even. So he's an absolute speedster and a weapon we saw last year. Uh, came in for a little while, got a bad case of the fumbles uh, and then went back to reserve grade for a little while. Uh, concern is that he took an ankle ligament injury and we won't see him much during the trials. He should be fit for round one. Issue is that 350k, you're really banking on him busting out of the blocks uh, because you know, a lot of the cash cows that we want at this price is sort of 250k, which means he's already 100k above other potential starters. So you would really want to be confident in Tyrone Munro, and we're not going to get a chance to look at him. What are you thinking about, Nick? Mate, he looks the goods. He definitely passes the eye test. It's just that 350k price, which isn't ideal, is it, mate? No. So it's it's one of those ones where you could play him over like a guy like Weeks, potentially. But I think I like weeks, KO weeks, uh, better because he'd be playing potentially in the halves if selected. So uh, he could be a guy that you could stick on your emergency or in that um, flexor loop slot if you have a Tigers play around one. 
Hundred percent. I mean, the the other thing uh, I think in his favour is he has a pretty good job security because um, Isaac uh, Thompson, who was starting on the wing last year, uh, Stu, he he was actually top the league in error rates. So he actually dropped the ball uh, every seven point eight touches he had. So you know, if he got the ball, you know, every set of six, it was likely he was going to drop it pretty much. So. Um, not not a good sign at all uh, for Isaac Thompson making his way back into the NRL. But I mean, it's it's more wheels up for uh, Tyrone Munro, don't you think, for for his uh, job security? Or for sure. who, who yeah. else? Who else could be taking a spot there? Uh, oh, look, there's there's certainly a few players there. So um, look, Isaiah Tass has been forced out of the squad, so it could be him. Uh, it could be oh I've had a had a while to think of this guy's name as well the guy who punched uh Spencer Lenu Tane Milne uh he's the incumbent oh, yeah. so he could get there though he's got discipline issues so but look <laughs> from from what I've been seeing Jason Dimitri is saying it looks like Tyrone Munro now the benefit I didn't mention about Tyrone Munro is that you are getting him a discount he only paid three games last year he did have an average of thirty three point three but. Be careful, right? It was three games. He scored 27 with one try at center. And then he scored 50 with two tries against the Bulldogs, which you don't get every week. Uh, And he also, in that, he had two tries, three line breaks, and three tackle breaks for that 50. And then around uh, 23 versus Sharks, he got a 23. So hopefully you get him. And round one, he pushes that 50, not that 23. What's What's the first five again for the Rabbitohs? Seagulls, Broncos, Roosters. Away. Oh, geez. Yep. And it's overseas yep. too, on a small field. So this, I, I don't know whether you've heard, but the field in Las Vegas is smaller than the Australian standard. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yep. Lengthwise and widthwise, which means is that there's going to be less room to move the ball. Yep. So just heads up on that is that those wide attacking players, round one, just don't expect them to go ham. So for me, it's... Look, I'm 50-50 on Tyrone Munro, unfortunately. Yeah, fa- fair enough. I, I mean, um, another consideration for Munro is um, he's going to be on the right wing and, you know, historically that left-hand side has been ultra-dominant for the Rabbitohs. Now, from 2020 to 2022, the Rabbitohs scored 51% of their tries down the left-hand edge and they scored 31% of their tries down the right-hand edge. Now, last year, there was a real uh, refocus in their attack and that sort of resulted in virtually even on both sides. So, they scored 43 and 42% respectively on the left and right-hand side. So, virtually even um, as we saw more ball getting into uh, Lockie Elias down the right-hand edge. You saw Latrell hitting more down the right. Kalama Tungi was very good in attack as well. And I mean, Campbell Graham is a major beneficiary, and uh, mate, I'm not sure if uh, Munro will get any ball off Karen, Campbell Graham, but he really could be a boom uh, choice in that sense because really there is an avenue for some tries there. Now, is he going to be pinching them from Alex Johnston? You know, by not feeding him down the left hand edge, I'm not too sure, but I think there there are some uh, tailwinds there for Tyron Munro to be an absolute boom pick and sort of have a you know ten to fifteen points of value. You know, he averaged uh, 37 and a half last year in reserve grade in seven games. So he's got a little bit of pedigree there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's definitely an up and coming player. So definitely one to maybe watch in the trials, don't you think, Stu? For sure. Oh, well, except he's not playing in the trials because the ankle injury. 
Ah, okay. Well, that's why I'm saying a, this a little take bit. Take a punt, live a little, and uh, jump. <laughs> that's true. You can certainly have a punt on him from the talent stakes. Like I will back his talent. So there we go. Um, the next guy that we probably should talk about, uh, moving on, is Tavita Totola, 485k, 35 break even. She had a horror injury last year with minutes. So like, uh, sorry, with injuries and minutes. So just having a look here, he took a head knock in round one and lasted one minute. So there was a little bit of a talk around him last year that, you know, he was around 600K last year uh, to start the season. And he took a head knock in the first minute, like Mm. uh, went down, started dropping in price. He then uh, copped another injury on his return round three. I believe it was uh, some sort of knee injury, didn't return till round six. Uh, played only 29 minutes in that game, uh, was out for another length of time, didn't return till round nine. So from mm. there, he played pretty consistently to round 19, but then he took another knock and then was out until round 25. So he actually missed a ton of time last year, and that's why his average is down. So he's one of those guys who just got knock after knock after knock, kind of like Brandon Smith last year. Wasn't fully mm. fit for a large chunk of the season, and the parts of the season he was fully fit for, uh, the Rabbitohs sucked. That missed. <laughs> well, like the, that 12 to 19 period where he played straight was where they would just drop game and they dropped essentially out of the eight in that period. Yeah, totally. So uh, having a look here as well, he basically registered almost zero attacking stats at all last year. So no tries, no try saves, uh, no try assists, no line breaks, no line break assists. Uh, 0.6 of a tackle break per game, which is pretty low even for us. That's nothing. Slow yeah. little motor. Uh, 0.1 offloads to hand because he had one, uh, one offload. Jeez. Uh, yeah. and an average of 125 meters gained for a middle forward. So I'd, I'm going to watch the Vettel during the trials. I reckon he could be certainly a good pickup, whether in your starting side or on your bench, projecting around 10 points of value there, which is where we want to see. Now, uh, with the news that uh, Raymond Fatalamarin is moving to the Dragons, mm-hmm. uh, it could be that RFM might be the go if he gets that starting spot on an edge. But yep. I think we'll wait and see, right? Oh, Dragons definitely need an edge. I, I, you know what's interesting, actually? Um, when I was looking at that error rate stuff, guess who was uh, up there in error rate on the Dragons? Who? Zach um, Max. No, 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 Gus Gould's mate, uh, Billy Billy Burns. He was right up there. I'll just double check to see where he was. So he was um, Billy Burns. He was third. So he was third at error rate in the whole league. So every ten point seven times he touched the ball, he dropped it. So I'm not saying that's entirely his fault, but with Gus Gould going banging on about how good his hands are, mate, like stop dropping the ball so much, so. I'd be stoked to see uh, Billy Burns out of the team, to be honest, even though he shows some flashes every now and then. So. We'll, but we'll get more into RFM, I suppose, in the Dragons pod, mate. That's it. Plus, I think Billy Burns has gone to the Sharks anyway, mate, so you won't have to worry about him. Has he? Yep. Gone, skis, bro. Oh, right. I had no idea. There you go. There you go. All right. Let's chat about the next guy that we need to. Cam Murray, 77K, 57, break even. So, look, I wrote an article uh, probably – three, four weeks ago now, saying I was very high on Murray for return to form. Basically, yep. so you don't need to go and find it, he had a 6-2 average to start the year uh, for the first seven games uh, where they really came out of the blocks. And so this is off the short and preseason with the World Cup, but he still came out, average 62. 
Then he took a dip around round eight, which slightly pre-led the Rabbitohs to conform. And he averaged mid-40s until post-Origin 2, so round 17. So, and then he came back hard, sort of obviously regained that sort of level of fitness. And uh, any niggles that he had, averaged 62 for the rest of the year. So, look, I had him as a buy, essentially as a cut-rate keeper. Guys worth 850, 870,000 that you could get for 787. But mm-hmm. Jason Dimitri's come out and said Talis Duncan's going to come on to spell Murray, who moved to an edge to get a rest and come back into the middle. And I know okay. we've said for the last few years that basically that the Rabbitohs have been killing Cam Murray. So like, what's the minute split, do you think? Like uh, how many in the middle? Like 40, 50 in the middle or maybe 15, 20 in the edge? What do you think? Yeah, or it could even be 10 to 15 on the edge. But I, I'm thinking that projecting Cam Murray without actually seeing him, somewhere around the 65-minute mark which, okay. you know, is, isn't a huge amount down from where he's at, but it is still down. So I'm pulling up his 2023 stats here. Uh, so, look, he was 67.8 last year. But if yep. I take out his interchange games, right, close to the 70 essentially last year, 69.6. Yep. So yep. essentially a five-minute production, which just reduces his average down that little bit more. And for us, it's just that little bit concerning. Uh, so got a bit of a bit of a bus rating then, mate. Oh uh, yeah, look, I I wouldn't be staying with Cam Murray this year. I think that he'll average essentially mid to high fifties, which is where he's priced. So and we, we were thinking sort of uh, mid sixties last year, weren't we? In in the last preseason, but a bit of a change in role, really. We're thinking that's it. And look, he he did that for parts of the season, but it just really dropped off at certain stages. Yep. Yep. So uh, moving on. Let's would you at- just just as a question? Would you get him to start the year and then get him at the end of the year, or just get him at the end of the year? Do you think? Because as we discussed, Origin, he's definitely a sell yeah. for that period because he'd be missing so much. But would you pick him up um, for us? Because he because he came out of the gates beginning of last year, didn't he? Pretty pretty uh, pretty fast. He did. It's just because we don't know that minute split. He probably won't play much or if any of the trials. Maybe on the first forty during the charity shield against um, yeah. the dragons. So, which means that we just really won't know. So, for me, uh, missing round 7, 13, 16, 17, 19, maybe 20, or at least coming off the bench a couple of games there. Uh, yeah. In 14, maybe 20. Mm. I'd, I'd probably get him round 20 if he starts. Okay, gut, gut check, gut check. Uh, DeBellin or Murray round one if you had to choose one? Uh, DeBellin will play more games. Yep. Uh, DeBellin has the first buy in round 11, so just behind the Rabbitohs in round 7. So, Yeah, I just mean he won't play Oregon. Yeah, 100%, 100% because yeah, DeBellin's next buy would be round 16. So, yeah, way more value, I think, for around a similar yeah. price. And in games over 50 minutes last year, DeBellin averaged 62, right? Murray's, <laughs> uh, Murray's 57, so oh, five points God. of value there. And that's including oh, that 39 yeah. that he copped against the Panthers where I believe he took that... A send-off? Head knock. Oh, okay. Didn't he get sent off one game? I know, but I believe that he got clipped in the head because he was off for a couple of weeks. It was a bad one. Remember, yeah. round 14, and then he was 15, and then I think a bye. So that's right. That's right. And he copped... He, oh, I'm having a look now. He copped a couple of sin bins. A couple of them were just BS during the year, right? Just BS. Oh, there was, there was one for, I think it was a... No, a cannonball, which I didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 okay. no, no. I'm saying I, I didn't like the fact that he was in for it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Easy. And then he missed the last rounds of the season from round 22 onwards. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, that's it. Yep. 
moving on. Uh, let's quickly, Jacob Host, don't buy him. Uh, even if he's starting, <laughs> just don't buy him. Uh, he's a guy who got hooked against the Panthers because they ran a train on him. So, yeah, avoid. <laughs> uh, but look, it shows Jason Demetrio can be a good coach because he saw what was happening and plugged the hole, pulled him, didn't put him back on. Uh, Talis Duncan, so 30 break even. Now, essentially, to, if Talis Duncan is starting, stop what you're doing and go and buy him, basically, as soon as you see <laughs> his name on the thing. He essentially, he, at PPM off the bench is 1.02 and in the middle, and he's a T1 talent. So obviously on an edge, if you got that edge roll off a dry arrow or something like that, or someone got injured, uh, essentially go and get him because he's would be an absolute boom of a pick. On the bench, unfortunately, he's a bit of a bust because he's priced pretty close to value. So he gets around 30 minutes and he's got a 30 break even at a 1.02 PPM. There's just no money there. Mate, I'm a little concerned um, in just looking at reserve grade. So he's got nine games at lock, which is sort of the role we'd be looking at. Uh, so 60 minutes for an average of 37.5, which is a 0.62 PPM. Uh, does that concern you? Uh, look, I think he's playing a bit of a different role there, which is that long minute role, like if something happened to Cam Murray. So 0.6, you know, at 60 minutes is a bit different to, you know, whatever else he might play. So not as concerned, though. I mean, if you're playing 60 minutes, getting through, you know, 30 tackles and 100 running meters, is that enough production for you in 60 minutes on average? Uh, It's not for me to think he's – even if he's starting, I'm just not that sure because I think if he's starting, his maximum minutes might be 50, 55 minutes maximum. So yeah, it might true. only be five, six points a day potentially. Um, uh, but look, I mean, I, I've, well, I I've seen him in New South Wales. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just seeing him playing for Rabbitohs New South Wales Cup. He's it was averaging 44 in there. So he was doing pretty well. And he's just he's got a lot of a really good running line and a really good attacking line as well. That's all. Yeah, 44. Are you, are you filtering for the position? Nope. I'm just, just over 44. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway. Is if he starts, I get him. Uh, he's and he's got the talent. It's like not a, not quite as high as Jermaine Hopgood, but he's pretty close. Uh, wow. Yeah, oh, off the eye test, yeah, I'd say that big raps. Yeah. So look, uh, next guy, Ken Kalomatangi, six sixty one k forty eight break even. So Kalomatangi's a hard one because he started strong last year, but fell away during the season, and he only cracked sixty points once past round four. So that's cool. Really, yeah, that's really concerning. So. I'm concerned about Kalomatangi because there's no, like, the team was still doing well for the large part of the season, but Lockie Elias wasn't, and he's sitting outside Lockie Elias. So unless we see Elias improve, remark, like, significantly, I guess is the best way to put it, I got a uh, do not buy on Kian Kalomatangi, and I would probably avoid him in draft as well until he drops a little bit down uh, from where his average draft position is. Yeah, Uh, totally. Totally agree. Excellent. Uh, look, next guy. We probably need to talk a little bit about last guy for me, Jairo, 557K. Reason we're talking about him is because he's DPP middle edge. He's got a 40 break even. He sucks in people every year to buy him. And it looks like he's moving back to an edge. And so, look, a middle price DPP starting uh, on an edge isn't the worst thing for us. But look, if he starts a prop, he's a bust. He's got a long-term average at 41 as a prop. And... That 41 average is propped up by basically a century that he got against the Dragons at prop one here. <laughs> so, 
As a second row option, these games have 55 minutes, show a 46.8 average uh, at a PPN of 0.6 over, sorry, 6.6 over 70 minutes. So yep. pathway to six points for Arrow, but to get the 10 points we need, we need him to hit around the 75 to 80 minute mark. So 75 minutes, he hits 10 points and 80 points, uh, 80 minutes, he gets uh, 13 points. So it's something he only did 40% percent of the time in 2022 and not at all in his start in 2023. So unless we hear something about, oh, look, he's going to, he's just an edge this year. That's where he's transitioning to long-term. Jairo uh, is okay. an avoid for me. So if he plays 60 minutes in the back row, he averages around 48. Is that tempting enough with the DPP or do you really want to see 50s, do you think? I think there's just so many good edge options this year, right? Like, uh, Yeah, there if, is around that price, yeah. If yeah. you look at, uh, you've got Sean Lane, uh, you've got Angus Crichton if he starts, you've got... Uh, Lucas? Well, yep, Dylan Lucas. Schuster uh, is cheaper. Yep, that's it. So I'm, RFM, as, as you mentioned. RFM, I'd, I'd start over him. So uh, Curran, yeah. maybe? Yep, uh, Curran's certainly a popular guy. Sean Bloor, um, you know, Kikau is still cheaper, but he doesn't have the DPP. There's just guys out there, right? Yeah, there's, I think everyone's going to be carrying lots of edges just because that's where the value seems just appears to be just based off, you yeah. know, I've only looked at a few Zach, teams so far, but it looks like edge is the main one. Zach Hosking, if you've got to start down at the Raiders. Oh, my God, that'd be the best. Ima- yeah. Imagine uh, using him twice as a cash cow. That'd be awesome. That's it. Now, he's still priced at 584, but he's a, we know he's a 700 he guy. He can average 60s. Yeah, he's that <laughs> type of guy. So yeah. this, this is what I'm talking about. I. So Jaya, he's a bit of an avoid for me. Plus, he's got a decent chance of playing Origin too, as long as he's, you know, keeps his, you know, head on. Mate, Zach Hosking in eighty minutes has a base of like fifty five, sixty. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna get him into the eighty minute role. That's it. Come on, Sticky. But, Come yeah. on, please. Yeah, that's it. We just we just got to make sure that Elliot Whitehead falls, you know, falls over at some point. Oh my god! Oh, he's uh, so keen. He averages, uh, okay, yeah, fifty six when he plays <laughs> seventy minutes or more. When he plays, yeah. uh, just say he plays second round, he just plays edge. in the sixties yeah. on the edge, uh, yeah. and that that includes two games at center. But okay, let's just go. Just get rid of that. Get rid of that junk. Get rid of that junk. It's fifty five point like eight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> over sixty minutes, and so there's yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway. We're not here to talk about Zach Hosking. Uh, but we want to. We want to. <laughs> Let's talk about Damien Cook. Nick, what have you got for us? Oh, mate, 773K, 56 break even. So, guys, he lost 170K last year coming off a stellar 66 average in 2022. So, he just really came back down to earth. Guys, did the deep dive. He just is down on everything. So, his tackle slipped by a couple meters, fell by 15 meters, try went down 30%. Line breaks down by 20%. Line break assist down. Tackle breaks down just by one and a bit. Missed tackles are actually up by about one. So there's just a bit of um, bit of regression um, in all of those, unfortunately, which is not great. Um, and Stu, just as we were sort of mentioning before, I, I just worry about this Rabbitoh style play moving further away from Cook being one of the main creators around the ruck mm. and um, being able to really create space with that power game. I, I don't like their pack suiting that sort of style. I don't think it's as nearly good as as, as it was. Uh, and to your point, their 
His strength definitely looks like it's in the outside backs and the halves. So um, I, I just don't see Cook uh, having that much uh, space to work with around the ruck and um, also just just um, a license to do that sort of stuff necessarily. He might just be whipped out to the halves as soon as you can in Latrell this yeah. season. So really he's just a bit of a bust round one. Um, keep an eye. If, if, if the signs are good early, he could be a jump on. He's, I think his origin career is somewhat over. I think Appy's probably your number one guy and Reese Robson is your heir apparent there. Um, I could see Madge going back to Cook. You know, Madge uh, has that relationship with Cook. Um, I believe from from the early Rabbitohs days, right, Stu? Is that correct? Or yeah. Not? Uh, yeah, you would too. So uh, he certainly could come back. But look, I think that uh, Appy and Robson are certainly pushing in that slot there. So whether Cook makes it or not, don't know. Mm. Um, it's because Appy was busted, remember, when Cookie came back. So mm. <sighs> bit of a wait and see, really. Uh, yep. But look, he, he certainly has tier one talent. It's just about is is that decline due to age or due to play style or both? And if it's both, there's just nothing to be done. So you'll probably be one of the top hookers this year just due to the fact that he's so involved around the middle. But it's mm. it's hard to see um, him reaching 950K again, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's just a bit of a risk in that sense. It's not. I'm not saying it's off the table completely, but um, yeah, it just makes it a bit tricky. For sure. Yeah, there were. I just, I've just checked. There are a couple of years that Madge was uh, working with uh, Cook in South Sydney in 2016 and 2017. So, um, they obviously have that um relationship with the game. So. Um, we'll see how that one is, but uh, just projections suggest that Cook's origin career is over. If you are looking for a gun hawker, I'm not saying it's the worst option, but you could definitely find value elsewhere. Easy. All right. Well, look, I think that is the end of the players that we're looking at here. I'm just having a look through the rest of the squad. Um, do we want to talk about, is there anyone in, you might want to pick up in draft who, you know, we would talk about for overall fantasy here? Um, uh, Campbell Graham's always a stud. Um, yeah, that's who that's, I was thinking about. Yeah, I mean, he's sort of uh, – he should be playing Origin, but he might just be um, not, oh, not I think, uh, ever get his go, depending. Um, I think between, sure. um, yeah, Latrell, Turbo, and now Bradman Best rolling in there like a beast and Steve Crichton, I think he's just fallen back a little bit. Yeah, he's close. He's definitely close. If there's an injury, he's probably in, but, um, yeah, he's not your number one choice. No, so look, Campbell Graham's probably a good choice for you drafters out there because you might be able to pick him up sort of hopefully like once some of the centres start to come off the board, he might be just a little bit lower than them and you can still pick up a guy who'll play plenty of games and perform well for your team. I'd, I'd look at Sean Kepi at the back end of the draft. I think uh, he could uh, provide some value um, potentially if he can get some good minutes, but he's not historically a huge output sort of guy. No, he's, he's not necessarily hugely fantasy relevant, but it could be all right to sit on your bench like in those last few rounds where people like, who do you find someone to fill in? Totally. Excellent. All right. Well, I think that's about it for now. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, and please, obviously, if you liked what you heard today, uh, subscribe to the podcast because we've got all the other preseason previews coming out shortly. This is the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast preseason preview. Signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom or Bust Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.